What's up, everybody? Hey, guys. I don't want to love nobody but you. Yeah. I don't want to love nobody but you. Yes. I don't want to love nobody, love nobody but you. I searched all over. I don't want to love nobody but you. You. I don't want to love nobody but you. That's right. I don't want to love nobody, love nobody but you. Yes. And the church saying, come on. What's up, everybody? It's your man, Johnny Mobley Jr. From Moments with the Mobley's Pillow Talk, I am coming to you today, man. First of all, thanking everybody for their love and birthday wishes, man, on the 22nd. I really, really appreciate it. Listen, nobody has to take time to say nothing nice to nobody, but you guys did for me, and I really, really appreciate it. Um, second, coming to y'all to tell y'all today's episode is going to be fire, y'all. It's some it's a variety of picks that me and Queen D done picked, man, that we thought that we got some great ratings on and, and you guys enjoyed. So we're gonna put together a, a compilation today of a lot of different ones that we've done. So we sit back, relax, enjoy, take notes, get some papers, because you know we always dropping nuggets, but we're gonna make you laugh too. Some of them you might be tearing up a little bit too. But we really, really appreciate the support, y'all. Hey, we coming up on a year, y'all, are doing this. And we having a ball. Just stay tuned. Stay connected. Keep supporting. We really, really appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Let's go. Hope you enjoy. Happy, happy, happy Tuesday. It's a week and three days. Three days before Christmas, Mo. What is Christmas to you, Deidre? It's, I mean, in the earth, it's a time of year that we celebrate Jesus' birth. Mm-hmm. You know? But I said, what it means to me. The earth. Oh, no, I'm just saying, well, what it means to me is, you know, just to celebrate Jesus mm-hmm. as we do. Well, we do, we celebrate him every day in this mm-hmm. house. Um, so that's what it means to me in the time of, excuse me, for family and togetherness and, um, just sharing with one another. Okay. Yeah. Spending time. Enjoying one another. A couple of gifts. Celebrating Jesus. Yeah. That's part of celebrating Jesus, a couple of gifts. Well, we do do a couple of gifts. Oh. What you want for Christmas? You. All I want for Christmas is you. You like that, don't you? I did. I like that. Me. So yes. he says, the busier your schedule, the more taxing, the more you increase your fill. That's good. Yeah. Increase your fill, guys. And whatever that is for you. For me, like I said, it's buying dresses. So when I increase my fill. She increase her dresses. When I increase my fill. She increase her dresses. I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure that you got that. So that's what so, you're doing when you're buying dresses. You try to tell me you're increasing. Oh, that was nice. I'm increasing my feel. That was nice. I'm going to get out of there. That was nice. Yeah, that was real nice. So when you buy more dresses, I need to understand you increasing your feel because you almost on empty. I'm, I'm, I'm a little depleted. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You got it. You got it. Which means I'm depleted every week. You got it. You got that. I was just trying to get you to understand where I was. And you with just it. kept saying it too, and I yeah. fell right on. I walked right on into. You walked right into it. I just want you to understand. So when you see a box come, just know that I am increasing my feel. Well, I wanted to. Which what are we talking about today? 
I wanted the, and so everybody know I ain't drinking no liquor out this cup because you know most time when you drink a little cup and you have a little you have a straw with it. This is like a little no. That's just straw. your assumption of what they and would think about Cocktail straw and all that. But nine yeah, times so, out of ten, when somebody confess before they're even asked a question, means that he might have some. Ain't, ain't no liquor. Now I never said I never did drink liquor, but you know the little cocktail. But what this is is coffee. Um, and I, I try to drink the, you know, out the straw, try to, you know, bypass my teeth. Yeah. Try to keep my, my whites, you know, so Your that's teeth? what, yeah. What yeah. I say. You got a um, whitening appointment coming. Well, just a good cleaning coming too. Well, I will wait for you to tell me what date. Okay. Anyway. Anyway, they, I'm sure they didn't really want to know about why you drinking the coffee through the straw. But that's, I just say want nobody. Thanks for sharing. You know. Thanks for sharing. I don't know why I said that. I don't know why you said that. It's a cocktail straw. You sleepy? Huh? Because you about to share it again. I am. A, Let's I'm, go. We got to get into it. What up, though? You want a blueberry? I don't. It blessing my life. I'm glad about it. I bought it in hopes that it would bless your life. Blessing my life. Let it bless your life. I don't ever eat on the show, y'all, but... He doesn't. It's always me. I'm a little... Lunchy? A little lunchy. Little snacky. And the blueberries blesses my life. Yeah. They have like my medium rare thing. And antioxidants. They sound juicy. Cause when I drew uh hear that? <laughs> Little juice all in my mouth. <laughs> I think I this I'm gonna ask you this. How you I got having a couple a whole of full fledged conversation in your mind. Because I'm thinking about the answer. Okay, well ask me the question. All right. The house is on fire. We don't need no water left. Touch. <laughs> The house is on fire, mm-hmm. but everyone is, is safely out. Okay. The pets are out. We ain't got no pets. And mm-hmm. all wallets, cash, are saved. If you could make one last dash to get <laughs> something, what would it be? So everything is out. Money out. Money out. Cash out. Cash kids out. out all, kids, everything out safe. Pets out safe. You got one last <clears throat> one window. To get one more thing out. What would it be? Mm-hmm. <laughs> one last thing. What would it be? Did I take my phone out with me? On the first round go? <laughs> I don't know. That would you go back in again? <laughs> huh? uh, probably. Well, that, that wasn't the answer I thought you Because I keep everything in my... You thought I was going to say my dresses. Yes, that's what I thought you were going to say. I would run in and go and bell hug my dresses and then run back out. Well, I have them in the bin with all the important papers. You probably do. <laughs> you probably do. I'm coming for you, you, so you are something else. You probably do. And so I could give you the same question. So what would you do? Is that something that you would still desire to do today? Let me tell you something. From the from the day I knew I wanted to be a chef, I knew it was an art. And I had my brother-in-law come to me one time and he said that's what he wanted to do, which I had no idea mm-hmm. that he wanted to be a chef. Mm-hmm. And he had an opportunity where he can go ahead and go to school and, you know, get his credentials and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, well, what you ain't on, man? Just do it. United States, we we usually have other countries coming in trying to do stuff, not our country 
doing stuff to our country type stuff. So it was very disheartening to see that happen um, and how the entire thing played out. Uh, I, I don't want to get into it, but it's a lot of stuff that, you know, with, you know, the white white men and women that were coming in and how the restraint happened versus if it was African-Americans, black people. So it's very, very clear and visual how we are divided. And I think the racism has always been there. It's the love and the heart that kind of overtakes it and has you see stuff different. But that's something else that is passed on from generation to generation. Um, racism. And it's taught. And yeah. the thing that, <clears throat> the thing that, like you said, we just, I mean, I'm glad that you did, that you did suggest this because we did want to just come on a lighter note because we have, you know, of course we watch the news and different things like that, Johnny, but I think my posture for what is going on now um, is totally different from where I think I would have been a couple of years ago. My posture now is, of course, to pray. Yeah. Um, but it's also different now in that I am so, I have a, I think I have a peace because of the fact that none, I know that none of this took, took God by surprise. Yeah. And as much as people don't want to deal with conflict or things coming out and being exposed, that's the only way to heal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The only way to get on the other side of conflict or the other side other side of all this stuff that's going is on. Is to deal with it. Is to deal with it. So it must come out. And so I'm just, I just, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm actually, just like I said, in a different posture because I know... And we must remember, I know that our posture is we know that God is still on the throne and that this that this is not bigger than him. Yeah. Let me explain something to you. When you. Because and I'm talking to the person that that's listening to us right now and looking at us because you have not done it in a year. And you the only person that still knows about it. It still has power. Yeah. Yeah. So you might not have done it in a year, even two years, even three years. It's still alive, which means it can still pop back up and come back even stronger than it was before. Mm -hmm. You you have to, you have to take the power from it. You have to put it on the table. You mm -hmm. you just have to. The one of the one of the worst things that I I never want to put my wife in a situation. Me and her is me and her. And it's not necessarily this, but y'all heard me and her against the world. So it's me and her and we all the everything that come to us and out of the world, out of, you know, daily life, everything is me and her. So we taking everything, we stopping it, we dropping it on the table. We looking at it, seeing what type of value it has. If we just need to just push it, throw it in the trash or we need to talk about it. Mm -hmm. We doing that on everything. On everything. So. My only thing is if something pops up and it hits her, I knew it was coming, but she didn't. That's when you get in a whole different level, man. Yeah. 
If we yeah. in this together and we fighting, so the the distrust comes in at when it hits her and it hits her and she like, okay, cool. We got it. Baby, this what happened. What, what you mean you knew? Oh, y'all knew, but I didn't know. Really? So now it's like, it's her over here and you over here. Yeah. Because now this is a whole part of your life that she's getting history on now. She ain't never knew. So then all the other questions, that gives an enemy a wide open door. So all the other questions come up. How long you been doing it? How many people you been doing it with? How what long else this don't been I happening? Know. Yeah. What other thing about your life I don't know? Yeah. When you go to work and you working, when you doing this and you do, when you doing that, when you going, I'm going to the store. Are you really going to the store? Are you swinging by to see? That's when the enemy. I'm telling you, it 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 gives it power. Take the power from it. Anything. My wife. My wife can show up as me, and probably can make me the actual me look like a counterfeit. That's how much stuff she know about me. Too much, y'all. <laughs> she done been places. People ask her security number. She done get in my social security number. They like, um. What they asked me for, babe? Social security number. Oh, okay. what I say? So they asked her security number. You just slipped over it. You know I just got to echo sometimes. Any, anyway. I love you. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You think I love you, Fix everything. Yeah, it does. It it's do. uh, Well, it, it does it, but it does for right now. It do. Anyway. What is one of your greatest memories with your dad? The morning that he was making pancakes for me and my brother and he didn't make the batter right and he put put it in the frying pan and he went to flip it over and the pancake fell completely apart. He put the spatula down, he turned the stove off and he said, put y'all shoes on, we going to McDonald's. (laughs) That was your best, best? That was my best memory. Uh, yeah, yeah, and the second, my second most sec, my second most favorite memory is that every summer we would make homemade ice cream. And at this that. point, my daddy lived in a trailer, and he had um, his the steps going up to get in the trailer were like cement. It wasn't it wasn't um, wood or anything. And so we would come down the stairs. I believe it wasn't. I don't remember. At any rate, we would come. We would come and ride on the stairs um, in front of the front door. He had that bucket when we had to add, add the the rock salt and all that stuff or whatever. And we would make ice cream, and it was so good. It oh, really was. I that know. was a tradition. You you talk about it. Yeah, I lot. talk about it a lot, don't I? That was something that we did like every summer. We would we would make ice cream homemade. He would make homemade ice cream for us, and it was amazing. Yeah. All right. What about with your mom? Um. When we when we moved out of my grandmother's house and moved into our own apartment, we lived about maybe I'd say about ten minutes away from my grandmama. Mm. And this particular day, we were going to my grandmama's house, and my mama, for whatever reason. Um, she had a Sprite bottle in in the, the cup, the whole cup holder, the console in between the seats. And I kept begging her from our apartment to my grandmama's house, can I have some of your Sprite, mommy? And she'd be like, she was like, no. And I said, mommy, please, let me, can I have some of your Sprite? She was like, no, you can't have none. Like, why won't you share? <laughs> it's Sprite and I'm thirsty. I can't have no Sprite. 
No, you can't have none. So we weren't supposed to get out the car because she was just going to my grandmama house to grab something. Mm. She got out of the car, went in the house, and I said, well, I'm just going to take a swig while she run in the house. <laughs> I think child welfare service services should have been called because I opened the bottle and went to take a swig and it was Clorox. She told you not to drink. She didn't tell me why, though. <laughs> she didn't tell you why to it keep It was your- Clorox, y'all. And I opened the bottle and did like this, and I spit it out, but I was scared. I was so scared, y'all. I ran in the house, and I was hollering. I was crying, and she was like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, I drunk this Sprite, and it was Clorox. <laughs> and she was like, um, my grandmama was like, uh, Coming here, and they, you know, ran to the refrigerator and got the milk because you know milk cure, cure everything. Yeah. Um, drink some of this milk, and and it was it was funny. I don't think I literally it went in my mouth. You know, I didn't drink it because I spit I spit it out. I didn't swallow it. But I went running in the house. I was so I was so scared. I just knew I was gonna die. And she said, "I told you not to drink that. I told you you couldn't have none, but you didn't tell me." There's a she difference. Shouldn't. No, no, no. There's a difference, parents. If she would have said, that's not Sprite. It's Clorox. Of course I wouldn't have drunk it. See, that's that's you say that now for the children of this age. <laughs> Back then, you got those statements like, stop doing that. Why? Because I said so. Now, you got to explain, don't do that because if you drink it, the Clorox in it and it's going to kill you. Don't touch that because if you touch that, electricity will go through it and go kill. So you got to tell the kids that now because there's a lot of stuff out here. Well, Back then, don't touch it. Why? Because I said so. Mama, can I have something with you drinking? No. And that was it. She didn't say no, it's Clorox. No, it's not Sprite. She said no. And she That should have been good enough. And I was thirsty. Well, then, now you got bleach in your mouth. <laughs> Expound a little bit on that when because a man is a male, he thinks because I'm a male, I'm a man. Yeah. I, I come, you know, I'm I'm responsible. I'm this, I'm that, just because I'm a male. It's, Talk it's, about that. The responsibility that that has nothing to do with it. We in the beginning, and, and let me say this. So what I said before, I'm gonna correct that a little bit. So okay. in the beginning, when I was a baby growing into a child into a young man, mm-hmm. I believe I was connected to what God wanted me to do. Okay. Somewhere down the line with my environment, with my culture, with who I grew up with, with the things I was a part of, mm-hmm. all these things help shape what I thought, help shape what I thought I should be. Okay. Versus what God actually told me I was supposed to be. Okay. So when you're young, you have dreams. You don't have fear. You have unlimited thoughts, dreams, goals. Mm-hmm. And then as you grow older, those things begin to disappear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because, quote unquote, the reality of what actually can happen and what can't happen is drilled or trained or somehow put into your mind mm-hmm. to what makes you think it's certain things that you can't do. Yeah. So I believe when you're younger, the dreaming, 
the connection, the moving forward with stuff, the ideas, the creativity, the developments. I believe that is strong. Mm -hmm. But then once other things begin to take part in your life, and this is this is not saying life nothing wrong because yeah, yeah because I my parents I had great parents. Mm -hmm. It's it's nothing wrong with that. But what what happened was it was a they wanted a certain wanted to shape me a certain way so I'll be able to get to a place to where I can live live a, a good life mm -hmm. as a citizen of, mm -hmm. of the America of the United States. So mm -hmm. that's what they did. But sometimes a young person's dreams and aspirations can get buried so deep down to where you don't even think it's a possibility. No mm -hmm. more. And I think that's what happens in the beginning. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question about man, manhood and male, because you are male, you grow hair on your face, your voice get deep, you get a little biceps, triceps, pecs, um, you can lift a little weight, nah, you got a penis, that don't make you a man. Mm -hmm. And that's what most most men see in other men. Mm -hmm. Now, all men are not like that. But that's what they see in most men. So, I mean, on TV, um, singers, rappers, everybody, they get this persona of what a man's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And young people, young men grab a grab hold of that and they think that's what's supposed to happen. Yeah. And that's not what it is. Mm -hmm. Most of these guys, most of these people out there, they're doing things in a fantasy world to make certain things happen in their reality world. Mm -hmm. So that's what they do. But being a man has to do with responsibility. Right. Being a man has to do with building a legacy. Being a man has to do with making great choices to not only change your life, but change the lives of others. Mm -hmm. I'm married and I have daughters and my, my sole mission at one time was to make sure I led you and them girls and put them on the right path. Mm -hmm. At 48 now, and I say probably for the last 10 to 15, about 10 to 12 years, well, 10 years, my, my purpose has changed. It's not only to lead you and my daughters and my grandkids and anybody else. It's the lead to be a great leader in any arena that I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I was gonna say because you, we still follow you. Yeah. Yeah. So to this at day. this at this point, because people have to see you be a leader and more. It, they need to know that you're a leader. Period. Mm -hmm. Not a leader just when you're on your job and yeah. then when you come home, you 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 know, dumb down to a certain place, you need to be a leader in every area. So yeah. me being a leader is fully through my blood. It's, it's who I am. It's ingrained in Yeah, and I'm always a servant wanting to help somebody get to a better place, yeah, period. Yeah, because I think it, for me, you see, a, you know, and I'm, I'm not going to say a lot of men, maybe some men, you know, they'll swear on the day they was born that, you know, I can just say it out of my mouth. You know, you're not going to talk to me like that because I'm a man. You know, I'm a man. I'm, I'm a, a man. grown I'm a man. man. That's oh, I'm a, yeah, I'm a grown man. Yeah. And if you really want to get technical, some of them put, I'm a grown A-man in yeah. there with it. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, there is more to just saying, because being a man, and, and I'll take it one further, to be a man of God, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It comes with true responsibility. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? To to be able to lead your family and and be... Like you said, a leader not only in your house or not only on your job, but just in the be, street. Yeah, just at the grocery store. You a leader. You a leader. Period. Can. 
yeah. anywhere. Yeah. So it's one thing to talk about it or just to say I'm a grown man, but it's another thing to actually walk in that role. Yeah. Without this, without having to just say it and, this, and declare it all or say it all over the place. Yeah. And there's nothing. No, there are no characteristics of a man and coming out of that and that's person. the part. The characteristics. The characteristics are the the branches, if you, if I can say that, the branches of the actual tree, and the it goes into the root. So the root is God. That's the foundation, and then you grow from God mm-hmm. with God as a man, a God, a, a God fearing man, mm-hmm. and you are the tree. And then the branches are the characteristics. So basically, what is planted is what's going to manifest. Yeah. So. If and and regardless of what has been planted, it can be replanted. Stuff can be trimmed, cut off. It can be changed. It can change. Yeah. So if you have a life to where you in one area, trees all the time, you know, they get trimmed. Stuff that's not supposed to be on it, they get cut. Um, dead leaves, dead branches, whatever the case is, and they get it to grow a different way, a different shape, mm-hmm. whatever the case is, so it can happen, but it has to be what it is throughout. Yeah. Through Throughout. Yeah. So it doesn't matter if I'm in front of you or if I'm in front of 1,500 people. Yeah. I'm going to be the same person. Look, y'all, it's, it's, I'm, and me and my wife say this all the time, I don't have the energy to be nobody else be but who I am. Else. Yeah, yeah. Back in the day, I had it. I could be a couple of people, but now I ain't got it, y'all. You, it, it, I no ain't more, got it. No more at all. And, and I just think that's a part of, excuse me, that's a part of maturing. Um, earlier, when you were talking, you were saying about how different things or different aspects, different event, life events, different situation, um, it makes an impact on who you are as a person. Yeah. And in your chapter, I think it's number two on family, you touch on the importance of a mother and son relationship, a father and son relationship. And I know you pulled a lot of this chapter mainly from your life. Right. Um, on that, you know, I think, you know, what I think what is the greatest thing that you can learn from, that you learn from the relationship with your mom as well as your dad? Um, Briefly. From my mom to... I know it's, it was a lot of them because yeah. I know what your relationship is, but at yeah. the top of the of the list would be what? She was... My mom was and still is a nurturing woman. Mm-hmm. She's, she's a servant of God and that's what she did with all of her kids. Mm-hmm. She made sure that it was no crack, no crevices, no leaks, no nothing in your life. She was there. She always was there. She'll show up when you don't think she's supposed to be there. She just was always there. She was a woman that I could have a conversation with about anything. Now, my dad... Before you move on to him, would you say that's where the compassionate part of you come from? That's definitely where the compassion Because yeah. I didn't have yeah. no brothers. Yeah. I, got, I got some brothers that I have now, some spiritual brothers, but I didn't have no brothers growing up then. So I had two sisters. So it was certain things that I learned <laughs> that I learned because I was the only male besides my dad. Yeah. And then God saw fit to give me six daughters and no sons. So I didn't get a son till before grandson. Before grandson. So they, they gave so, it back to you. But but I had I had to live that life that I live 
lived to get to this place. My mom, she definitely was that for me. It, it was mm-hmm. being able to have a conversation. And I think that prepared me to have the daughters. Yeah. Because if I Most didn't definitely. have the daughters, then I, it just wouldn't have worked out. Now, my dad. Okay, yeah, your dad. My dad, and I say this in my, my book, my dad <laughs> is 100% man's man. So he's a man from inside out. He wasn't a he wasn't a communicator when I was in the house. Mm-hmm. He did certain things, certain actions he did that showed me that he loved me. And he would say he loved me at times, but to sit down and have a, just a conversation, that never really happened until I got older. So right now, me and my dad can sit down, we can have a conversation about anything. He called me and talked to me. You know, I call him, mm-hmm. talk to him. Um, but... He grew up like that because that's he I grew up like that because that's how he grew up. So he couldn't give me nothing that he didn't have. Yeah. So he didn't have that. He didn't have that compassion. He didn't have that fatherly love like that to where they communicated. Um so once I got to a place in my life where I learned, then I I helped him get to that place. That's yeah. where he's at now. Yeah. But the greatest thing, I always say this. A man is so so important in a family that I learned ninety percent of my manhood from my dad not talking. I watched what he did. You watched what he did. Yeah, his integrity yeah, yeah, yeah. was impeccable. He made sure he took care of his family no matter what. He he made sure we went on vacations no matter what. We got fed. If my mom. Um, was hurt or not feeling good or whatever the case is, he would be there. He would change his schedule up and he would be there when he was supposed to be at work. So I just saw that he came home every night. Even sometimes when I knew him and my mom was beefing or whatever, he still came home. Yeah, He didn't spend the night out. They didn't do that. Yeah. So it's just a lot of stuff that I learned from him just by him living his life. Yeah. Just like you said, with the characteristics uh-huh. of what a man is. Uh-huh. He didn't have to walk around and say he was a man. Yeah. I knew he was. Yeah, Everybody knew he was. His posture, his persona, the way he talked, his integrity, everything said he was a man. Now, where he's at now, I know the first emotion that I probably almost got punched at is when I gave him a kiss. Mm-hmm. And he drew back his fist because he was about to hit me. So he was like, boy, boy, what are you doing? And I said, dad, I just wanted to show you. It's okay to show affection. Love. love. You're my dad. Yeah. So I wanted to hug and give you a kiss on your cheek. That's it. So it went from him. Yeah. It went from him punching, wanting to punch me in the beginning, the way he'll walk up to me, like in the middle of anywhere and grab my head and kiss me on my forehead. And I promise you, y'all, every single time he do that. It almost bring me to tears because that's although I'm a grown man now, that's still nurturing the little boy in me. Mm-hmm. That's good, Mo. That's it's still good. nurturing. So yeah. even though he don't know, he still he still my daddy. Yeah. Yep. So when he do stuff like yeah. that, man, it means a lot. Yeah. It means a lot. I'm, okay, so I'm going to tell y'all. So he got off late. He stayed at the office later because I was still out. And so we actually met up 
to ride home together. And so we decided that since it was like after nine, we would just go by Zaxby's, get a salad, y'all. So we pull up. I pull up first. He pulls up behind me. So I said, babe, watch this. He said, well, babe, you going to order for me too? I said, no, I'm going to order my stuff. And then you pull up behind me. You order your stuff on a separate ticket. And when I get up to the window, I'm going to tell the girls uh, that I'm going to pay for this gentleman behind me because he real fine. He cute. And so I said, just play along. So I get up to, I order my salad and then I go up to the window to pay. And so I tell the girl, and, and you know, it's a, at the one by our house, it's like a lot, lot of like young, young girls, young yeah. teen, well, girls and boys. Well, teenagers. last night it was. Yeah, last night it was like a, a bunch of teenagers working. And so I go up to the window and she says, um, ma'am, your order is whatever, whatever. And I said, okay. I said, but ma'am, um, when you pay for mine, pay for, I'm, I'm going to pay for the gentleman behind me because He's, he's really cute. He looks really nice. And so she started giggling. And so I gave her my card. She um, opens the window back up and gives me my uh, my card. No, she actually gives me, closes the window. And then she gives me my food. And then she um, gives me my, de- my debit card back with two receipts. I said, did you take his off of this as well? She said, yes, ma'am, I did. His receipt, you have his receipt too. I said, okay, hold up. So I get a pen out of my purse and I write on the receipt. Call me and I put my phone number and I put my name at the bottom of it. I said, "Here, baby, give this to him when you give him his food and and uh, tell him that I paid for his food." Y'all, she was hollering and she must be had told her girlfriend who was right next to her because when she clo- um, when she was closing the window, she was like, "Yes, sis, make your moves, sis, make your moves." I was <laughs> hollering, y'all, and so he pulled up behind me, of course, and I, you know, started to come home slowly. And so I, I get up to him. the window. I'm. Texting something, handling business. Text something, handling business, making some. I get up to the window, roll the window down. I look. It's about nine girls sitting there. <laughs> they like this. <laughs> hey, sir. Um, the lady paid for your food that was in front of you, and she told us to give you this. So I got the receipt. I look on the back. I say, okay. And I look at the back and say, call me. They looking at me like. I said, sweeties, that's that's my wife. And they was like, oh, okay, okay. Because what y'all ain't finna do. They see the big old, I'm getting all this with this ring on my finger. She got a class ring on. I said, what we don't need to let these girls know is that you out here buying no food for no married man. And then I, y'all about to go do something. No, she all the way my wife. And this is just something that happens every now and then when we go out. We do stuff like this way. Everything good. Now you want that to happen, but you're going to get you a man. And get you a single man and then get married. And they y'all, were like, yes, it was sir. funny. Like, all right. Because he said, babe, I in all actuality, and then we're going to move on, y'all. He was like, I knew that. He was like, even though I, you told me what you was about to do, I went. I drove up to the window, and I and I was giggling. I was smiling. I couldn't the stop smiling. Because they were, they were like, she a boss. She just she, bought she, your yes, stuff. Yes, yes. And she was yes. like, I guess she going around the corner or something waiting on you. So you, I guess you better go on right. Look, Joe. And he mad too. She just pulling <laughs> boss moves up. But she my wife though. But she my wife. I don't think they even. They ain't thought you was married. Well, I don't even think they paid attention. But everything that I did married. was like this. I was like, hey, hey, yes, hey. Oh, they paid. Oh, okay. The lady in front. I like okay. Gave me and they looking like. <laughs> she paid for your food. She, like, probably, she a boss. Is, sus is a strong woman. She I like, is leaving. She's I like, paying yes. for checks. 
and uh, leaving phone numbers and stuff. I was like, but yeah, she a hundred. So she is a hundred percent boss, and she is classy like that and a queen. But she my woman. Y'all, she actually it, it my wife. Just, just the whole concept so, was hilarious. Yeah, but okay, that was so a, that was like a bit. learning little move that I wasn't planning on doing. But what I what that basically what that was was we didn't want to give them the 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 what assumption. Assumption that a single woman was hitting on a married man, and then the married man was taking the bait. Cause I took the the number, and every I took all that stuff. And then the bad thing about it, I think when I looked at the number, I just started laughing. And then I looked at the car like I ain't knew she was in the car. I had already told him he was excited about it. I was like, boy. And them girls didn't take all that from me. I I I promise you they didn't. Yeah. So. We ain't gonna hold y'all like they, they used to say that at church. We're we not gonna hold y'all all night. Um, can I take my time? <laughs> I almost swallowed this uh, cough drop the wrong way. Don't rush the Lord. Mm. Can I take my time? Okay, with you. So, listen, but what listen. about the ones that say you ain't got nothing to do? And you be in your mind, be like, Choker, you won't know what I got to do. Anyway, go ahead. You just starting off on the wrong. I'm, I am. Go Eat ahead. your blueberries. I'm a little tired too, so I know. You know so anybody tired. else can come out tonight besides Johnny. All them other uh, tired uh, characters you got inside of you. Oh, you shouldn't have put me on this mic then. But no, but for real, for real, we gonna talk about. We gonna talk. That's gonna be real loud in the in the in the mic. They gonna be like on the recording. What? Let me tell you what they gonna do. They gonna be like, "This is Johnny." Where you got them blueberries from? Them things sound good and juicy. They not. I I grow the blueberries in my backyard, y'all. So this is what this is what I do. So when we first moved here, the first thing I said is I want a blueberry. I'm lying because she's looking crazy. Anyway, in this article, he suggests that you have to learn what fills you and what drains you. Do by doing that, it'll empower you to care for your own physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health. Mm. What fills you? What drains you? As with everything else, you got to make um you you have to be honest with your enough with yourself about in that situation to know what fills you and what drains you. Yeah. So this is the questions he asks: What am I doing that makes me feel most alive and helps me feel the fullest? On the flip side, ask yourself what does the exact opposite. Yeah. Honestly, this is what makes me feel the most fullest. It does. Doing this. It does. Couples counseling, mentoring men, young boys. This is what brings every fiber inside of me alive. This is what does it. Well, I think you forgot something. And and living with my beautiful Being with this woman right here on my right. On these self-care things that was going to happen after we get done. Being with this woman on this right, doing life with her, is real. That's But that's you. That's a given. That's a given. This is what we do as a couple. So this is doing this (laughs) and being able to do it with you, babe. That's the the plus of it. Yeah. But it's like if you stop dreaming, you stop living. Yeah. I, I think... And I always say this, and I encourage a lot of men, because when you work in a job, when you think about it, regardless of what it is, it, it is somebody else's imagination that you're working. So somebody else had an imagination. They started a company. They added, um, it grew, 
and then they added employees. So it was a dream of somebody else's that grew that now you're a part of their dream. Yeah. So what me and Deidre's mantra is, if we work 12, 14 hours in another man's dream, we need to work time and a half an hour. So, yeah, sometimes we'd be tired. We got to throw water on our face or whatever. But, you know, and there was a time that we didn't. We we put our dream on pause because life, just like Dieter said. So it was us and the girls. And, you know, back in the day, I wanted to be a chef and ain't had time to go to school because them girls wanted to eat now. So I had to do what I had to do. So and now now we're here and we're in our four days chapter how old we are and we moving forward but the dream was still there we didn't we didn't let the dream die it was on pause for a while but we reimagined it and then we began to pick it up again and we began to dream again and we're in a different a whole different place now so it's completely different god put this in us so it ain't going nowhere god put the dream in you the purpose in you. So it's not going anywhere. It just a sit there if you don't do nothing with it. To learn the craft, I would go to school. I would do all that. Um, so do it. Well, I need to I need to tighten up with this psychology stuff first. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 so I yeah. I got a couple of more classes. You got a couple more classes, make. and you will get that done. Yeah. Get, get that done. But. The, the the chef thing, I think that is something I will. And at this point now, it wouldn't necessarily be to open up a restaurant or nothing. Mm-hmm. But I would do, I believe I would make that a part of some type of program that we would have for, for couples. For so, couples. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, got, I got a cousin who actually got, he got a something like that. And he has... um. He has a massage, and then he has a friend that's a chef, and they come to your house and they give a couple they do massages that as a service, and then yeah. they, you know, so it's it's good stuff. But stuff like that, man, is needed. Um, and if you can get good counseling, help your marriage, get equipped, and then after that, feed you real good, and then you know, get a massage and leave you they butt naked on the table with a stomach full. Just saying. For granted. Let me tell you something. You do. One of, one of the simplest things we we picked up a lot of stuff throughout our years of living, man, and being married. And one of the one of the we pick up a lot of simple stuff. We not we not real deep people. We real simple people. You tell me something out your mouth, <laughs> it sounds great. We look for the fruit. Yeah. Yep. If the fruit ain't yep. there, you got gift the gab. Look, let me tell you something. I don't. I know people who got the gift the gab who sing, preach. Who mm-hmm. own organizations? Who popes? Who all kind of stuff? They got the gift of gab. They got influence, so they're able to talk to people and get people to follow them. But everything you teaching and you saying and you doing all this stuff, everything that you helping people get, you know, corporations starting businesses, doing all these things, everything you telling people, there ain't no fruit. Well, I know when I first met you, you had the gift of gab too. I still do. You I, still I do. Just, I just use I just use my power for good and not evil no more. <laughs> I can't. I can't. Look, I can't stand you. 
wrong with you. Something wrong with you. Go you ahead. but that's you. You start stuff, and I then know. when I come in, then you want to act like you want to. I told you, don't back up. Don't you back it up? And my whole thing is, mm-hmm. you can say. Well, I ain't going to try marriage because that's important. And, you know, we shouldn't do that. But the difference between living with somebody for 20 years, having sex, got babies, Uh-oh. got a whole life, Uh-oh. you just putting a title on it. You functioning as a married couple, but you don't get married. But then you have the whole argument of, you know, is this the one that, you know, y'all letting man do what God is supposed to do? Well... What about those that, that give that argument? You let man do what God is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But God uses people. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that these people are correct when they pick certain people or nothing uh-huh. like that. Um, I believe they are experts in what they do. Mm-hmm. So I believe they pick what they believe based on their knowledge and their studies as the person who is most compatible. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, they can't tell you emotional stuff and all this other stuff. They just go by the stuff that you do, the life that you live, mm-hmm. how you the take care of your mom. Yeah. Different things what like kind that. of, you know, what kind of relationship you got with your people. So they count, they look at all that stuff. So my thing is, you know, it's, it's a chance when you pick somebody off the street, you, do you, did you go to God before you start dating me? Did you go to him before you started dating? No, I'm dating? asking you because you're talking about the people, the people that ain't for God. Joker, ain't asking. nobody. Did you I'm go to God asking. before you started dating the person you first started dating? Did you say God is just the one? Or did you say, oh, she got a little waist and a big old booty. I got to catch up for the catcher and put her on the pole. Tell you what you know. I saved do. you from the you strip did, club. You didn't. You did not. I saved I you. I was never going to be at the strip club. They caught you because I got you first. You're crazy. <laughs> You're absolutely. They crazy. did not catch you because I got crazy. you first. I caught you and pulled you out of that. I love Jesus. So when they were looking for, that I was nowhere near. When they were and looking, I had parents who loved me. And when they were looking for, me. so there was there was never I was never in that place of. Living on the street or being susceptible susceptible to that type of lifestyle, sir. You're right.